Blog Talk Radio. It's Sunday evening, and welcome to Blog Talk Radio. Your hosts for tonight's show are Robert Brining and Jeremy Dunn. They'll be taking your calls and speaking on the topic of the week. You're encouraged to call in and share some of your life experiences with us. The number to call is 347-215-9442. That number again, 347-215-9442. Welcome to Pause I Am Radio. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Pause I Am Radio. I'm your host, Robert Brining. This evening, I am joined by the fabulous Jeremy Dunn. Hello, Jeremy. Well, hello. I am the fabulous and extremely tired Jeremy Dunn. (laughs) You're tired? Why? Oh, my God. So let me tell you about this weekend. So this weekend was a just a just a wonderful, wonderful trip. Hi, Charlie. She's in my face and wants to give me kisses. Um, so this weekend, uh, the village people were playing in a little town, a mountain town up here called Asheville, North Carolina. And Asheville is home to um, the Biltmore Estate, which is the largest privately owned estate in the United States. It was built by the Vanderbilts back in 19, really? yeah, 1909 or something like that. I mean, just it, it's this massive castle. So each summer, the Biltmore Estate puts on a the Biltmore Concert Series, and last night was the Village People and KC and the Sunshine Band. That sounds oh, like fun. Oh, it's a blast. And one of my personal friends is uh, David Hodo, who is the construction worker in the band. So, um, so it was really kind of nice to uh, see them perform, and then to spend some time with them backstage. And uh, and so it was it was just a great time. I I really had a fabulous time. Then this morning we actually took the tour of the house. We got oh, wow. there, yeah, we got there around eleven o'clock in the morning. We didn't get out of there until 3.30. That thing is, yeah, it, it's huge, and there's all these gardens, and we didn't get to see uh, even, even a, I think we saw maybe a quarter of the house. The home hosts 205 guest rooms. <laughs> wow. 205 guest rooms. So it, it's, it, it's just an amazing, an amazing um house and uh it is still owned by the Vanderbilt family. Do you also, also yeah, I know who that you uh posed, you, posed, you yeah. sent me a photo in a text. I think yes, I think I did. And and do you know who also happens to be a Vanderbilt? His mother was Gloria Vanderbilt. Do you know who that might be? No. Anderson Cooper. Cooper, I knew that. I freaking knew that, son of a bitch. I knew it. <laughs> so, so yeah, it's it's pretty um it's pretty amazing. It really is. And oh, I just yeah, we had such a good time, and uh and two of my friends went with me, and uh, we we just all had a great time. I posted a couple pictures. Um, I posted a picture of me in the middle with Felipe Rose, who is the uh who's who's the Indian. 
in the village, in the village people, and then my friend David Hodo, who's the construction worker. So you see me right between the two of them. So, um, so it, it was a throwing. I actually have, a, a, I think, about 50 or 60 more pictures to post. Uh, they put on a wonderful show. Casey and the Sunshine Band, I got to tell you, they were a lot of fun too. So the overall, the whole, the whole experience was, was worth every minute of it. But uh, the, the, um, it, it's a two-hour drive up, and it's a two-hour drive back down. So um, I'm a little tired. <laughs> but it was well worth it. It was absolutely well worth it. Um, but, uh, so I'm back and, and with you. So how are you? Well, awesome. I'm great, actually. I'm, I am sitting in the Westin Hotel in Washington, D.C. Um, I'm down here with Sean, and we're here for the um, ADAPT Advocacy Association, um, you know, annual um, conference. And this year, oh. uh, the thing stamp out um, ADAPT. Excellent. So a lot of people here that, you know, we've seen at IAC and we've had on the show, um, you know, Kevin Maloney, Janine Brignola is here, Melissa, uh, Robert Suttle, Brandon Maxada. Um, and tonight's guest um, is usually here, Dab. One of our guests tonight yes. is usually here, but he's not here, um, you know, due to some some personal issues. So I know he's here in spirit, so um, when he calls in, you know, we'll talk about that. But um, it's, it's exciting, you know. I found out last year when we were doing, you know, the conference, there was about 10,000 people on the waiting list. And for people who don't know what ADAP is, it's AIDS Drug Assistance Program, and it's a government-funded program for people living with HIV who are unable to afford uh, their life-saving medication. So last year there was 10,000 people on the waiting list, and this year um, they said it's around 1,000 people. So even though that wow. is incredible, you know, that we have dropped so many people um, off of the list, um, there's still a thousand people, and as Aaron Laxton, who was the keynote speaker today, who did a phenomenal job, said a thousand times during his speech that there is still work to be done. Oh yeah, there's. I, I don't think that work will ever stop until AIDS and HIV is eradicated. Right. I agree. So I mean, that's that's kind of where we're headed. Right. So today was you know a pretty interesting. Um, uh, they had the town hall where it was kind of like an open forum where they allowed us to talk and they were talking about prep and all that stuff. So, you know, it, it's interesting for me. Some of it goes over my head. I'm not really big into the science part, as you know, Jeremy. Um, right. You know, but <laughs> the science the part, what do you mean by that? I don't know. Science, HIV, really. Um, but the, yeah, the yeah. conversations with other activists and other people living with HIV is really what I love and cherish about this conference. Um, and then since it's so close, you know, in D.C., it's a train ride away. Um, you know, I just appreciate that we do this every year. I just wish we didn't have to. Yeah. Oh, Michelle yeah, Anderson. No, I, I, so what, what, are, where are Michelle you Anderson? right now? Where? Who, who are you well, talking to? I'm talking to you. Yeah, I said Michelle Anderson is here as well. Oh, I, thought, yeah, I thought you were turning your head away from the microphone saying, oh, Michelle Anderson there too. I thought she actually walked into the studio or something. No, no, no. <laughs> so um, you, you have me all a Twitter. What did you say? You you have me all a Twitter. Oh, sorry about that. <laughs> yes, I was pitter patter. You know, what, no, no, wait, 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 wait. What was the um, Twitter pated? That's what it was. Twitter pated. It was the owl and Bambi. Anyway, oh Lord, I digress. I digress. <laughs> So um, I want to welcome everybody who's in the chat room uh, tonight. Uh, we have some guests, and I see uh, uh, Jeffrey and, and Ken, our friend Ken is in there. 
So I just want to say hello to them and thank them for joining us. Um, we will be speaking with um, William Herzen and yeah. Gab Donner this evening. Um, there's a teddy bear touchdown event that is happening in Jacksonville. And actually, Jeremy, you are going to be going there very soon, aren't you? Yes, actually, I'm going to be there uh, Friday. Um, our good friend Daniel Bauer is already there, and uh, he's got a whole litany of things to be to be <laughs> that's going to happen. And um, so, you know what? How about if if I don't go into all of this? How about if we bring right. him on? Yeah, let's oh, see. Uh, I think somebody just hung up on us. No, I'm here. Just me and you. No, no, I know. William was just there. Uh, he was in. He'll probably call back in. Um, but um, we do want to remind people, if you would like to um, send us a question through Twitter, you can do that by uh, tweeting us at IM, or you could always call into the show and, um, you know, feel free to ask questions that way as well. We take calls all hour, so feel free. So what else is there, Jeremy? Right. I know you're getting ready so what, for the big move. What's that? You're getting ready for the big move. I am really getting ready for the big move. Um, I, I'm only here for another nine days in Charlotte. So today was the end of my last weekend in North Carolina, my last full weekend. You know, I am a little bit. Yeah, I, I really am. And um, I, I think uh, I'm going to miss my friends that I've made here. I'm going to miss some of the, you know, my surrogate family. So I'm also really um, looking forward to the next chapter in my life. So, Yes, yes. And I so think actually the guest is on. So you want to bring them on, Jeremy? Sure, sure. Um, William, Her- William Herndon, you're on the air. Hello. Hello, William. Why did you hang can up you on me? Can you hear me? me? I didn't yes, hang I up. I don't know how this thing works. <laughs> oh, I apologize. <laughs> well, sorry, professional voice. Professional voice. I apologize. <laughs> Yes, because William, this is this is going out live. Remember, oh, so so just yes. sorry, I forgot. <laughs> um, so I understand you have a house guest with you right now. Yeah. And, yes, and he is sitting on my couch working on my computer. And I have to keep guest? him busy somehow. <laughs> yeah, because because why do you have to keep him busy? And who is in your house? Oh, Daniel Bauer is in my house, sitting on my couch, working on my computer. So you're <laughs> keeping him busy by, by having him to work on your computer. Yes. <laughs> I found out he's a computer nerd, and so he's working on my computer. Oh, William, William, William. Daniel Bauer is an escape artist and, and magician. Who's also he's a computer a- geek. He's probably going to make some of those keys disappear. So right. I would really keep an eye on him. I wouldn't leave him. I, I would. I, I wouldn't leave him unsupervised. Is what I would say. I can only imagine what he's downloading on my computer right now. Um, anyway. You probably don't even want to know. <laughs> so, so you before we really get don't want to know. Um, William, before we get into the the information about the event that's coming up um, this week, give people a little bit of a background of yourself 
for those who are not familiar with you. Because, um, you know, you haven't been on the show before, so I'm excited to have you on, and I'd just like to get a little bit of a background to the people listening to so we can, you know, gather what you're all about. Uh, what am I all about? My name is William Herndon. I am. Uh, I live in Jacksonville, Florida, by way of Lubbock, Texas. Lubbock, Texas is my hometown. I've been in Jacksonville for about six years now. Um, this is where I have pretty much discovered my passion for um, HIV awareness and so forth. When I moved here six years ago, that's when I was diagnosed with HIV, AIDS, Kaposi sarcoma, cancer, the whole bit. And uh, pretty much wasn't expected to live. So uh went through the whole chemotherapy gig, did all of that, and I'm still alive um, six years later. And uh, through my process of dealing with all of this, um, I came in contact with uh, Lutheran Social Services and Heather Vaughn, who's the director of Lutheran, and she got me in contact with DAB. And that's how I came in the whole Dab the Aver project and uh meeting Dab was just the most amazing experience of my life and just learning everything that he's about and his authenticity of, you know, what he does and with Dab the Aver, I had to be a part of it somehow. And so that was my way of giving back and and actually dealing with my diagnosis and um still got a lot to work with myself, but um through the fundraising, I'm really, 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 really big about fundraising. Um, not big on the whole blogging thing and, and that where I see a lot of people doing that. I'm kind of more of the behind-the-scenes type person, uh, raise money. Because <laughs> to me, money is power. And uh, the more that you can do with money, the more awareness that you can bring and so forth. Um, so I did a few fundraisers with that behavior project, and we raised quite a bit of money for some, some of the teddy bear touchdowns here. Um, and to kind of, I guess, without those fundraising events that we did, those teddy bear touchdowns would not have been able to happen. And that's when uh, Dad asked me to become part of his board as far as fundraising activities are concerned. And so, of course, I said yes. And so now we do the Red Tie Affair here in Jacksonville, which is a silent auction to raise funds for the teddy bear touchdown. And that has grown over the three years that we've done that. This is going to be our fourth year here in Jacksonville. And through that process, my goal is to actually become the fundraising machine to fund all of the teddy bear touchdowns across the country and the six other countries that we have teddy bear touchdowns. So that's what I'm all about. I see. So you said you were diagnosed six years ago. Um, how, when you were diagnosed, was it something that, you would, like, did you go and get tested on a regular basis and find out, or was it something that kind of, you know, you just felt maybe you were exposed and you felt you had to go get tested? Um, I got tested on a regular basis and kept on coming back positive, or excuse me, negative. And when I moved here to Jacksonville, I just got, it was a, honestly, a traumatic experience. My father had just passed away, and I got a job transfer out here, so I really had no time to deal with that, and I just got sick and sick and sick, and I stopped eating because all I was doing was work, work, work. And for the six, first six months I was here, I just kept losing weight and had stomach aches and so forth. So, of course, somebody was like, you've got to go to a doctor. So all I did was close my eyes, looked at the computer, went into, you know, my benefits, and that was my doctor. I went in, and he said, you're in the hospital right now. You're not going back to work. 
and, and did all the blood work and so forth. And he told me, you have HIV and you have AIDS. And uh, not only that, you have liver cancer. <laughs> and I wow. literally, I literally fell off of the table. <laughs> and uh, so he said, we're putting you in the hospital. We don't know what we can do. We're going to pray for the best. And I was in the hospital for about two and a half weeks, being pumped full of medications. And after that, I was sent home pretty much. You know, we've done all we can do. Now we want you to go through chemotherapy. So I said, what do I have to lose? My doctors were telling me, okay, chemotherapy can give you a heart attack because we're really going to give you the highest dosage that a person can take, which was doxyl. And that was a treatment that they used on breast cancer as well. So it's one of the most toxic treatments that you can have, and you can only have 10 treatments in your lifetime, uh, and I had five of them. Wow. Wow. I mean, that, that – wow. Well, uh, and the only reason why up. I really went – yeah, I went through the treatment because, honestly, I, I wanted to have the heart attack. <laughs> I was like, please give me a heart attack so I can be done with this. I don't want to deal with it. And, uh, you know, shoot me with all the poisons you can. <laughs> and that was my thought process at that time. Wow. Um, but wow. apparently I'm supposed to be here, so. <laughs> yes, you, you are. definitely yeah. are. So, so you, you, you've been diagnosed. So I know we're kind of bouncing around a little bit, so I want to kind of bring us back to um, – what what your involvement is with um, with specifically the Teddy Bear Touchdown event that's happening this weekend in Jacksonville, Florida? To, to give us give us some idea of what what you do and and why it's so important. Well, we're not actually having a Teddy Bear Touchdown event itself. The Teddy Bear Touchdown event is the holiday party during the Christmas season for children that are affected or infected with HIV and AIDS. Um, but the events that we do, like the Red Tie Fair and then also Daniel Bauer and the Beyond Belief event, is to bring funds to fund the Teddy Bear Touchdown event come the Christmas season. I got involved with this event basically because I heard Daniel on your show. <laughs> And I listened to the show, and I I was trying to come up with different ideas of how we could raise money. And it wasn't just the same old, okay, silent auction, raffle, or what have you. I wanted to do something different. And so when I heard his show and I heard his story, I was like, wow, this is something that I have to bring to Jacksonville because it's so different, and people need to hear about this. And it's not anything that your normal fundraisers would be. Um, so I contacted him through email, I believe Facebook actually, and um, said, you know, introduced myself as him. This is what we do. I shared my story with him through com. Contacted him by phone. He sent me an email back saying, I would like to talk to you. We talked on the phone. I said, this is what we would like to do. We'd love to have you here. But, you know, what can we do to make this happen? And he just basically said, I'm there. You know, um, I'll do whatever I can to make this happen, and and that's what we've been doing for the past year, is just really busting it out, um, getting sponsors, you know, playing tickets, rooms, all that kind of stuff. Um, we've got his whole week this week. He doesn't really. He's going to be working. <laughs> 
Um, but I've just been back there, you know, making the contacts, getting the interviews, getting the sponsors, you know, selling tickets, doing whatever we can to make it happen. So, so you've got him pretty booked up. Not oh, only yeah. is he, not only is your, is he your private uh, geek squad, but um, <laughs> he is, he's also. I mean, you, you, you're putting him in in front of people. People. And, yeah. Okay. So and it starts what? tomorrow. <laughs> it starts tomorrow. <clears throat> um, so tell me a little bit what you hope to get out of this whole week. The biggest hope that I get, of course, is butts in the seats on Saturday. <laughs> um, <laughs> but also um, just to the awareness part. Jacksonville and this whole entire North Florida area is really, really lacking that. And a lot of people don't understand that Jacksonville is one of the highest, um, not only HIV, but STD rates. It's it's one it's among the highest in the state, if not the country. Um, and it's a very, very conservative area. Um so people don't really want to talk about it. They don't like to talk about it. It's, it's what I call, you know, stick your head in the sand and it'll go away type of thing. Or if we don't talk about it, it's not there. Um, so we we have a long way to go as far as, like, getting the message out and, and really, I guess, making an impact to where it, it reduces the stigma and gets rid of it. And people are just willing to talk about it and say, hey, it's there. And it, it, it hasn't gone away, and it's going to be here for a while, and we need to deal with it. That's what I hope. Okay, great. And, and besides of um, making uh, making a little money for for the event. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, that's the ultimate <laughs> goal, of course. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, that's fantastic. But if but if we can, you know, make a difference in one one kid or one person who might even see him on a television interview or might hear him on a radio interview or even in the little events that we're going to, if, if it can make that one impact in that one person's life, then to me, it, we've done our job. So, so tell us quickly, because I, I think we're running down to the last few minutes here. Um, how, how does one get tickets? Where is it going to be, and at what time? There are two shows. Uh, we have a matinee show at 4 p.m. and an evening show at 8 p.m. You can get tickets at livingpositively.com. I hope I said that right because I always get it backwards. <laughs> uh, so it's living positively with a Z, right? Yes, with a Z. And, livingpositively.com, okay. LivingPositively.com, and it should be on the front page, Jacksonville, um, with all the information. It's at the Riverside House, which is at 2165 Park Street in Jacksonville, Florida. We have general admission at $25, and we have VIP for the evening show at 8 o'clock, which is $45. With that VIP, you get to attend the, the reception with Daniel, personally, and Jeremy as well. <laughs> Who, me? Uh, yeah, you. <laughs> what will I be doing? Uh, slinging drinks. I don't know. Something. That's probably <laughs> it. That's probably it. You're so, going to be so, going and saying, I need money, I need money. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. 
oh great, I'm going to be out there schlepping. So, <laughs> so, um, so, so let me get this straight. We have it's twenty five dollars for general admission, and um, and so that is both matinee and evening performance. But if they wish to get a VIP ticket, that's $45. And those will only be um, issued for the evening performances, correct? Correct. Awesome. I I understand. I get it. I get it. (laughs) So so they will go to livingpositively.com to purchase tickets, showtimes. It's at the Riverside House. Um, What else do you want to talk about? I mean, what else do you want to say about the show or, or the event? That uh, or if people can't be there, how can they get you money? They can always um, sponsor somebody. That that would be a great deal. If somebody would like to buy a ticket, and maybe somebody here in Jacksonville maybe doesn't have the twenty-five dollars or the forty-five, and they want to attend, um, they could sponsor. They could buy a ticket and just say, "Hey, give it to whoever." You know, if somebody would like to attend, that would be awesome. They could also donate to DadBAsBearProject.com. Go on to DadBAsBearProject.com. You can make a donation there. You can get a DadBA Bear there as well. Um, we're also going to be debuting a new DadBA Bear, which I'm sure Dad will probably talk about, um, at the show. So it's going to be awesome. Um, also, we're going to have a display for the North Florida AIDS Quilt, uh, the Names Project. We have a project here. A chapter, and so we're going to have displays from the quilt as well. Patrick Turley with the Bames Quilt has been awesome in getting us the panels and so forth. So that's going to be the backdrop of the show. That's uh, awesome. So, so what you're saying is, is that we're going to have panels of the quilt, the AIDS quilt. Yes. And so, so folks, what's going to be pretty amazing is that Daniel is going to be performing on stage. The wing space and the backdrop is going to be comprised of the, of some of the panels. Yeah, yes. it's going to be pretty cool. It's going to be. I, I think it's going to be pretty. Um, I think it could be overwhelming. It's also going to be a dedication to a couple of um, really well-known Jacksonville folks who had just recently passed away. Um, Kel Parr, who was a big part of our community, just passed away actually last night. Uh, so we're dedicating that show to them. Kel Parr, sorry, I'm gonna cry. So, so this per- so passed away last night. Yeah. Oh. Sorry to hear that. I'm wow. sorry. Uh, we're gonna dedicate the show to him. He's a it's really okay. big Thank part. <laughs> sorry. <It's laughs> He's a really big part of this community, and um, he and I had some special times. In conversations, and we were going to work on some fundraising events and so forth. So it's really special that Daniel's going to dedicate the show to him. Oh, oh that's wonderful. Now, so, so William, look over at Daniel. What's he doing right now? I don't know. He's in the other room because I couldn't have him in the same room. <laughs> oh, so you know, ladies and gentlemen, I think this is a first. I think somebody actually made Daniel disappear. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, um, so, uh, so we're going to dedicate the show. Um, we're looking to get some some big dollars. We are 
Uh, and so if they also do, if they want to sponsor somebody, let, or can they just write a check in any yeah. amount to you? Any amount. Any amount. Any amount. And and if 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 they give five hundred dollars, they'll get oh, God, something. Or I I don't know. So please <laughs> give, dig yeah. deep and uh-huh. give, give. And if you think you've given too much, give more. <laughs> uh, I, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It, it, it's going to be an amazing show, and I, I really think we're going to do a lot of good. Okay, excellent. William, thank you so much for coming on and uh, Thanks talking for about. Me. No, I, I think what you are doing, because, I mean, yeah, you're the behind the scenes. But as we all know, if it, if nothing happens backstage or behind the scenes, nothing happens. So kudos to you. You're, you really <laughs> are. You are truly the magic man that's making all this happen. So, William, thank you so much for uh, coming on with us. And I believe, uh, Robert, you wanted to take us out on a PSA? Yes, uh, yes, and I just also wanted to thank you, Jeremy, because it was your idea to bring William on, and I think it is important to, you know, to acknowledge the people who are behind the scenes who are working, you know, effortlessly to to make these events happen. So, William, thank you so much for that, and um, we hope to have you back on the, the show sometime soon. Did you hear? Thank you talk? very much. Yes, I did. <laughs> thank you. Thanks, uh, you have a good night. And when we come right back, we'll be back with Dab Garner. I contracted a preventable disease from a guy that looks good and smells good but never mentioned that he had HIV. But he is not to blame. I should have loved myself enough to protect myself. But through it all, I found self-love and it's the greatest thing I ever felt. I was never less than or equal to AIDS but always greater. I just realized that not caring for myself or my body, I was my biggest hater. I am author of the Naked Truth, Marvelyn Brown, and I am greater than AIDS. Yes, she is. That's Marlon Brown. <laughs> um, what a, a fabulous PSA. As we're waiting for uh, Dad to call in, um, Jeremy, um, I was I was kind of taken back a little bit when he was talking about his friend. I, I um, got kind of emotional because, you know, uh, it's tough to, to, to experience a loss and, and to talk about it so suddenly. So, yeah. I, um, you know, it, it kind of comes off guard. So I just, you know, hope that, William is continues to do the work that he does in honor of his friends, as you know, our friend Dab Garner does that now. So please let's welcome Dab Garner to the show. Hey, Daddy. Hey, how's everybody doing? Everybody's doing great now that you're here. <laughs> <laughs> um, so are you already in Washington D.C.? Because I came in a few minutes into the show. I am, yes. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I've already seen a couple of pictures from Melissa, and just wanted to say hello to everyone at the conference. I'm sorry I can't be there this year. Uh, this is the first conference that ADAP um, Advocacy Association has ever done that I have not actually done that, so I want to apologize for everyone for not being able to make it this year. Well, you are definitely missed, I'll tell you that, and it's definitely not the same without you, because I believe last year, didn't we roommate together? Yes, we did. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? Just that experience itself, um, you know, 
sharing a room with you and having your knowledge and conversation um, is priceless to me. So you're definitely missed here this year. Unfortunately, I only saw one dab's age there. Um, I think Janine brought hers. I don't have mine um, physically in my location or where I'm staying at, so I have to get a new one. But um, we will be taking photos like crazy tomorrow with Janine's bear because she did post a couple of them here. And I know Maria's bringing hers, and I think she's flying up this evening. Uh, I spoke with her yesterday. Um, She's had a very long week herself. She, like I did a couple weeks ago, she had an unexpected fall and ended up bruising. Luckily, she didn't break anything, but she bruised one whole side of her body. Oh, wow. Yeah, so she's going to be a little bit sore, but she'll be there. Um, She's one of the award recipients this year. I believe hers is for her blog. Yes. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm excited to have her come on, too. So, yeah, they'll be there. I'm sure Kevin Maloney will bring his dad the AIDS bear. I'll have to text him to remind him. But we definitely want to get those pictures for you because it's important that – People know the, the message of Dab the AIDS Bear. And for some of our listeners who may have never heard the story, Dab, and I know you've told it a lot on the show, um, could you tell us a little bit of the history of what Dab the AIDS Bear is? Sure. Um, back at the very start when HIV wasn't even called HIV, it was called GRID on the West Coast, gay-related immune deficiency, and on the East Coast it was being called gay cancer. Um, my best friend at... March of 81, went into the hospital with what ended up being KS, um, which is a form of cancer that used to only be found in Mediterranean men, but is very common in people with a severely compromised immune system. Um, He was put into quarantine, wasn't allowed any visitors, so I had to watch my best friend die through a rectangular window. And being a hairy gay man, I thought, what better gift to give somebody than a teddy bear? Because hairy gay men are called bears. Um, so I ran out and gave, him, uh, gave the nurse a teddy bear to give to him. Uh, her name was Vicky, And she was one of the few people on staff at that time that had any compassion for the people being put into quarantine. Um, and she would take notes that I would write. She wasn't allowed to bring anything out of the room because back at the very beginning of this, when people went into quarantine, when they died, everything was supposed to be burned, incinerated when they died, including the person's body. And they couldn't even go to a funeral home. Um, Vicki could have lost her job. And the only reason I've shared the story in the past few years is Vicki passed away in 2007. Uh, Vicky gave me back the teddy bear, and she could have lost her job for that. And I still have the very first bear that I gave anyone. Then my first partner became ill with what we thought was just a really bad cold. Four months later, went into the hospital, ended up being put into quarantine. And as hard as it was watching my best friend die, when it's the person that helps you accept your sexuality, brings you out of the closet, the first person you fall in love with is dying, and you're not allowed to be there to hold the person, that gave me a whole new meaning of what it was like for people to die in quarantine the first four years of this epidemic. 
then in March of of 82, um, I went to the hospital in January. I was diagnosed on Valentine's Day, and then they wouldn't let me out of the hospital till March. So I spent almost two months in quarantine myself. If you think it's bad for someone that has someone in quarantine, when you're the person in quarantine and you're being told you're going to die, and you're not allowed to see friends, families, your partner. You're you're not allowed, you know, any outside contact except from Vicky, who was the only one that would even bring notes in the quarantine. Um, it was a very hopeless, scary, demeaning place for the first people that died from this. Um, so I continued giving teddy bears every time, even if I didn't know the person very well. If I heard someone went to quarantine, I would take them a teddy bear. And this continued, and then it started spreading to L.A. and New York, because those were the other two major cities the first two two or three years. And then it started hitting the other epicenters, uh, Chicago, Boston, Miami, Houston, Dallas, and the rest. And so more and more bears, um, it became, uh, as survivors came out, we would contact each other in the different cities because even other gay men would be uh, very standoffish to the first gay men that were diagnosed with this because we didn't know how the virus was passed. So the few survivors that made it out the first three or four years were a very tight-knit group. Um, unfortunately, let's see, there's Sean Strube is still around. Um, there's only three or four of us left from 81, 82. Um, and that's very hard for someone. I'm only 50 years old. To know that all my friends from the 80s are dead except for two And I used to belong to a men's group that had over 170 people in it. That's that's normally something you say when you're in your 70s or 80s. Right. Then in in 85, my second partner, who was also HIV positive, and I um, received a call from a friend that worked at San Francisco General Hospital. And they had this little girl whose mother had passed away right after childbirth. Uh, the woman had been a prostitute. They didn't know who the father of the child was. Uh, the family, they didn't know of any. Um, and I was already out, and my status was well known. And so we went and looked at this little girl. Even the nurses weren't paying attention to this child. And by this time, I had probably had at least 100, 150 friends die in quarantine. And Candace was also born with alcohol fetal syndrome. So not only was she born with HIV, she was born crack addicted, and she was born deformed. Now, in 1985, not only did people not want a child with HIV, because there were no treatments, they were just learning how HIV was passed, but no one wanted to even touch this little girl because she was severely deformed, both in her face, the internal organs. Um, and most people just didn't seem to have any empathy for this child. 
Now, at this time, I'm 23 years old. Didn't know how long I had to live. My partner didn't know how long he had to live. But there was no way we could live, leave this child there to be ignored and die without ever knowing any love. We couldn't legally adopt her, being a gay couple. So we signed legal paperwork to be her foster parents, but everybody kind of called us her godparents. They only expected Candace to live three to six months. Well, she ended up to making it to almost age five. Um, and as Candace was dying, I was holding her hand, and she looked up at me, and she goes, can you make other kids like me feel loved? And I promised her I would. And so we had shopped for her Christmas, being a young gay couple. We would shop all year long because Christmas was her favorite holiday. And I already knew several of the kids who by the late 80s had been born with HIV. So we divided the toys that we had bought for her and went out and bought some more teddy bears, and each child got a teddy bear and at least one gift. And that was our first teddy bear touchdown, because she died in August of 89. We did the first one December of 89. So this is our 23rd year. Um, And it's just become a tradition. It ended up being called teddy bear touchdowns, because every child gets a teddy bear, no matter if they're newborn or if they're 17 years old just as a symbol for them to know that they're loved. And the other gifts, uh, we changed it in the 90s. At the actual parties that we do, they receive the teddy bears. When they go home, the parents or guardians, or in some countries there are in orphanages, uh, we give the other gifts for the child to open on their holiday, whether it's Christmas they celebrate, or Hanukkah, or Kwanzaa, depending on the country. And they get that gift on their special holiday. So that ensures that each child has at least one gift they they get on their special day. Wow. You you know, no matter how many times, Dad, that you tell this story, Anyway, I, I have to keep going. We have a show to do. Um, <laughs> I, I, because I'm tearing up and getting so I, I it's just, it, anyway. I, I think so. it's hard. Any time we lose anyone to AIDS, it's hard. Like, William lost someone who was one of our fundraisers there in Jacksonville. Uh, William has not heard yet, but someone that also used to be part of our group who had to leave Jacksonville and is in Kentucky with his sister, is in hospice, and I just received word this afternoon that they think he only has about 24 hours left. And and that's the horrible thing about AIDS. Even with the medications we have today, uh, Michael was a 28-year survivor. He had been an activist on the local and state level for most of his life, um, for a good 25 years. Unfortunately, between the HIV, 
um, the severely compromised immune system that most of us had by the time the new medications came out in 96, 95. Uh, you get organ damage. We age quicker. And I'm not trying to traumatize anyone that's newly diagnosed. You won't have these long periods with no medication. Hopefully your immune system will never become severely compromised. And treatments are much easier, even though there are still side effects, are much easier on a person's internal organs and bodies than they were back in the 90s and even the first decade of this century. So hopefully we will see less and less long-term survivors passing away from the complications of medications and HIV. But those of us with 20-plus years under our belts, it's not rare, unfortunately, to hear of people dying from organ failure, from long-term effects of the medication, from long-term effects of living with HIV and AIDS. And Michael, unfortunately, was very active in our Jacksonville community. And um, just like to shout out and, and for all the work that he's done over the years. Because while I and the bear are well known, you have people all across the country that have been activists since the very beginning or near the beginning of this who aren't well known on the national or international basis. And you have people like Sean and Bob Bowers and me who have been very fortunate in having what we do covered in the HIV news, on mainstream media. But for every one of us, you have 100 people who, like William, work behind the scenes or do it on a local or state level who are not well-known, who do not get their picture in the media but who work just as hard as those of us that do. Uh, just like our ambassadors of hope, we now have 413 ambassadors in 27 countries. Wow. Some of these people are known nationally, some are known statewide, some are known internationally. But for every one of those that are, we have five or ten more who mainly work in their local community. And like William and Michael may not get their story featured in the magazine. And it's those people, not me, who make Dad the AIDS Fair story known around the world. Because there's no way one person can do what the ambassadors of hope have made happen. It's because right. of our ambassadors that the Bears at over three to 400 events a year. It's because of our ambassadors at the VAERS message of love, hope, and compassion for people living with HIV and AIDS is spread around the world. You know, I think wow. that's one of the things that I love so much um, about what you about Dad the AIDS Fair Project is that your everyday, typical, even newly diagnosed person can purchase a Dad the AIDS Fair and become an activist just by sharing photos of it. It's that simple. And, you know, it it's a struggle for a lot of people who, like you said, don't have recognition of being in magazines or, you know, on the news or off the radio show. So I just think taking the photo away from social media, it's so easy to become an activist, and that's why I love what you do, because it allows the everyday person 
you know, to become to become active in in their own health and in in the fight against AIDS. And that that's one of the things that I hold dear is the fact that I've received messages from people like Fernie who lives in Tunisia and a couple that we have in Africa and even here in the United States who, whether they're newly diagnosed or someone that's known for a while, somehow that little bear has helped them find their own voice and allowed them to either become an activist or do more and being an activist. And I can't ask for more than that. It's because everyone's a volunteer, whether they're an ambassador of hope, whether they're on our board of directors, whether they work in any of the cities that we do these events for the kids. No one gets a paycheck. Uh, we we do everything we do around the world in less than twenty thousand dollars a year. We wow. don't receive any. We don't receive any government funding because when we first started this as an organization. There were already ADAP waiting lists in the country, and that's the one, one of the three reasons I formed this organization. I had a friend who had been in clinical trial studies at National Institute of Health with me. He ended up dying on the first ADAP waiting list in Kentucky, and I swore on the lives of everyone I knew that had died before them that as long as there was one people, person on an ADAP or Ryan White waiting list, that I would not shut up. And because of that, there was no way I was going to take or my this organization was going to take one government dollar as long as anyone was on the waiting list. So we are all private donations through individuals, corporations, organizations, churches, um, if it wasn't for them, none of this would happen. Wow. Um, do, do you also seek donations from, I mean, can people just send you money if they want to? Yes, yes. They can go through the website under Make a Donation. They can go to the bottom of that Make a Donation section of the website. They can get their own dad the AIDS Fair. They can get one of our HIV AIDS awareness pins. They can adopt a child for one of our teddy bear touchdowns for the children, or they can click on miscellaneous donation and make a donation in any amount through PayPal with their credit card. If they do not want to use their credit card, there's also the address on the make a donation section that they can make out a check. It also gives them explicit directions to make out the check to Lutheran Social Services of Northeast Florida, that's who we fall under their 501c3. That makes all the donations tax deductible. Wow. And that's pretty easy. I mean, you can go, and for me, like, I, I have to get myself a new Dabby Aids Bear um, since you're coming out with a new edition from, you know, from what we're hearing, rumor has it. Can you tell us a little bit about what the, what's the difference between the old one and the one that you have coming out? Sure. Um all this time we've had Dad the AIDS bear. When I first started giving teddy bears, each one was different. Um, I would put something on the bear that I knew about the person, maybe a hobby or what they did for a living. And then when the AIDS ribbon came out in the late 80s, I started putting those on there. Um, 
then in the early 90s, I worked with the U.S. Postal Office to come out with the first government HIV beanie bear. But after a couple of years, the Postal Service didn't want to do it anymore, so I took back the rights to the beanie bear, and we started doing beanie bears in the late 90s through mainly gay pride stores around uh, Canada, Europe, and the United States. And a dollar from each bear went to the local aid service organization. Then when we started this organization, we started coming out with the three different sizes of the of Dab the AIDS bear. Well, I don't want to give away all the secrets. We're still going to have the original Dab the AIDS bears. This is going to be a totally new kind of Dab the AIDS bear that's going to help provide us special service for women with HIV. There are certain things that Ryan White no longer pays for. And one of these things is something that happens much more frequently to women with HIV than happens in the general population. And this new bear is going to help provide a service for women for HIV and some men because this can also rare, more rarely but still happen to men with HIV, where it will provide a service to detect something early and hopefully prevent it from killing people with, that are living with HIV and AIDS. But wow. I promised William and Daniel that they would have the honor of getting the first word out at the fundraiser, but after that, I will be announcing the new bears on Facebook, on Twitter, and they will be available through the website after their first show in Jacksonville. So that first show is when? Uh, this coming, oh, God. Uh, William Saturday, Gab. All this. Yes, Saturday. Saturday and Sunday. Oh, Saturday 25th. <laughs> yeah. So if, if somebody <laughs> logs on Sunday... Will they be able to purchase the bear on the website? Sunday, yes. Okay. So there you have it, everyone. Go there Sunday, and you can get yourself a, the brand-new AIDS bear. Yeah, that's one of the problems when you run a multinational organization. I have to remember what each group, because we have fundraisers around the world for these events, and that's why people like William are so important. There's no way that we could be doing these events in 21 countries if we didn't have from 20 to 100 people per country helping pull these events off. One, one person, even our board of directors, there's no way we could do it. And that's right. why, you know, I, it's very nice that the Baron and I get coverage of the media, but we're not the ones that make all this happen. It's all these volunteers around the world. It's our ambassadors of hope who make all this truly happen. I agree. Uh, real quick, I want to open up the phone lines for uh, anyone. We have about five minutes left. If you'd like to call into the show or have a comment or a question for Dad, you can reach us at 347-215-9442 or tweet us at PauseIM. Um, Dad, uh, you just recently celebrated 33 years. Am I correct with that? With living with no, HIV? 30, 31 years. 31. Uh, yeah. 31. Okay, so 31 years uh, of living with HIV. And 
I think this is something that you need to know, that it is so important that people who are long-term survivors like yourself continue to do the work and share. I know many of you want to pass the torch, maybe want to retire and just enjoy life in Florida, but I think it's important because your stories need to be told. The people who are newly diagnosed and are scared and aren't sure, you know, because maybe they're not educated, when they hear a story that Dab Garner has been living with HIV for 31 years, that gives them a lot of hope. I mean, people were talking about it at the conference today about, you know, long-term survivors, and I think the one person said they were 28 years, and everybody got up and clapped. You know what I mean? So I just applaud you for still sharing your story because I know after a while you have to be, like, tired of it, and, you know, and it's repetitious, but it's so crucial and so important to those people who are newly diagnosed that, that they hear it. So I just want to say thank you for everything that you do. Oh, I appreciate it. I, but, but once again, it's not just me. It's people like Sean Strube. It's Bob Bowers. Um, that People that have been out doing this for at least 28, 29, 30, 31 years now. And right. yeah, I, I'm honored to be in that group of people who, A, are still lucky enough to be around, um, and B, who are still healthy enough to do what we do. Unfortunately, my partner's had a lot of health problems this year, and it's made me not be at the number of events that I normally would be at. And once again, it's our ambassadors of hope who have picked up the slack and who I have to give all the credit to. Um, I'm more than glad to... Be there. Our website gets over five or six hundred emails from people from newly diagnosed to long-term survivors. We get five to six hundred emails a day. Um, I get another hundred, two hundred messages on Facebook a day because I'm very, very open about being positive. Um, and if there's anyone we can help, we're more than glad to do that. Um, One thing I would say, if someone is listening and they're newly diagnosed, the first thing you need to do is educate yourself about the virus. Before you worry about talking to your family or, you know, making dates, educate yourself. Educate yourself about the services that are available through aid service organizations and line white funding. And after you do that, I would also suggest that you find a support group. Most of your aid service organizations can put you in touch with a support group in your area, no matter whether you're gay, bisexual, straight. Most major cities have support groups for each classification. And you can empower yourself that way and increase your knowledge and thereby increase your chance of living with HIV. Wow, I agree. That's that's well, wonderful. So I, I just, I, I, oh, sorry. No, no, I'm sorry. I was just going to say that's what I was. Go ahead, Jeremy. We have 90 seconds left. So yeah. So I was I was just going to pull this into like a um you know just a, leave us on a on a lighter note is that do you realize Dab that we were talking about the village people earlier today? They have been <laughs> touring for 36 years. So oh, wow. Put, Put that into perspective. <laughs> you know, 31 years with the virus, the the village people started four, five years before that. 
Well, and it's just like when I go speak at colleges and high schools, the first thing I tell them after I tell them that I'm HIV positive is that I have been for longer than you've been alive. And then they'll right. just look at me. Yeah. Yeah, they do, don't they? they just, it's, it's amazing. It is just, just silly, really. I think we're down to our last 20 seconds of the show. Yeah, so, so it was great being on again, guys. Thank you for everything that y'all do, not only for the show, but also being part of our ambassadors of hope. We could not do what we do without you, and I wish you continued success in your activism and your personal journey. Well, thank you, Dad. Thank you so much. you know how much I wanna, love you. And we want to send y'all. I want to send some from from Pazam Radio and everyone listening here. We want to send love to to you and Todd. Thank you very much, guys. Y'all take care. Have a great conference. I look forward to seeing y'all again soon. All right. You have a great night, Dad. Thanks. Love you guys. Love you. Bye. All right. Remember, guys, you can find more information and get your own Dad the AIDS Fair by going to dadtheaidsfairproject.com. So go get one, sponsor a child, make a difference. What a great show, Jeremy. It was fantastic. You know, it, it, when we have Dab on, should we keep this thing going for an hour and a half? <laughs> you know, it's the wisdom, you know, and, and it's priceless. So I think, yep. you know, that's why we have him back on. It, it's something that is you, you can't replace it. So I also want to send a special thanks out to William um, for coming on and, and sharing about the behind the scenes and some of his personal story. And, again, Jeremy, the date of the event. So the date of the event is August 25th. Jeremy Dunn, yours truly, will be there with William Herndon, with Daniel Bauer, and we're going to be doing two shows. We're going to be doing one at 4 o'clock and one at 8 o'clock, so there are plenty of seats. Come in, sit down, and watch a good show. Yes. So, again, dabdhbearproject.com. You can also find more information on Jeremy Dunn by going to positivelyspeaking.com and more information on myself and the show by going to posim.com. Next week, we will be speaking with the founders of the Stigma Project, so you definitely don't want to miss that one. Have a great night, everyone, and thanks for joining us. Talk to you next week, Jeremy. You too. See you later. Bye. We're great at what's going on out here. We got changes to make. It's time to wake up for humanity's sake. Break the silence today before it's too late. AIDS is affecting us, disrespecting us. I'ma go get tested. It's a simple maneuver. It's not about the past. It's about my future. I'm not trying to miss it. I won't be a statistic, so I protect myself whenever I'm intimate. At this moment, I decided to have a plan. It's time to take a stand, because AIDS, I'm greater than. This is Senior Chaos, and this was my deciding moment. Tell us yours at greaterthan.org.